Great day, guys. David, keep Make it going. Dallas. Dallas. Oh, sorry. I'm not, I got to mute myself. Sorry. Rabbi Dallas, listen. Um, when Rabbi Sternberg gets on, spotlight him. Um, I don't know if you guys do that in this year or not, but I imagine that you do. So just spotlight him when he comes on. I'm, I'm leaving my screen. Um, Okie dokie. Got Reb it. Hazaku Baruch. Are you in the office? I'm in the base medrash. Oh, I was going to say, where's your mask? I'm in my spiritual office right now. The office of the Lord. The office of the Lord. <laughs> okay, we'll speak soon. Oh, yeah. Paging Mayor Bendelstein. David Magalies. David Magalies. Yes, sir. Just making sure, like I do all the time, that you're in front of your screen. You think that I'm like, you think I just do it for the show? Uh, the, the, screen, the screen is, uh, it's farted out, so you never know if somebody's behind. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Oh, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing today? Oh, good morning, Rebby. Good morning. Looks great out there. Okay, what's happening? I have to spotlight you. Joe told me. How do I spotlight Rabbi Sternberg? Spotlight video? Let's try that. Okay. Should be good. Should, yeah, it should. Okay. I mean, Margulies went to the base measures just to hear your Torah. That's, uh, you see what? That's unbelievable. He's a Rosh Hashiva already, David. I'll, 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 I'll take the Mashkiach position first. I get comfortable with it. Okay. David, David, it comes with raising the money. <laughs> Which one? The Roshiva or the Mashkiach? Any position you have anything to do with Yeshiva is going to cost you money. <laughs> but it's a win-win situation. That's for sure. All right. Okay, so let me finish up this piece with you and then we'll do a little bit on the Parsha. And then we'll uh, call it a week. All right. So we, we, we started out with this very fascinating piece of kfiyah, which is discussing how one is supposed to uh, maintain a discipline over one's Yetzirah. So he, he has a very interesting um, idea over here. Just one more little paragraph here. He says, Ubechlal mitzvah's kfiyah, included in this mitzvah of controlling one's Yetzirah, Leo's kofa bidvarim. One should try to 
impress with words or bakol mini kfios with all other forms of uh, impressions. Kakol habob, in other words, anything that you have available to, to try to impress something upon someone, you have to use it. In other words, there's a mitzvah of, um, as we said many times, that the, the Torah wants that a Jew is, is responsible for other Jews. You can't just uh, focus in on yourself. We're not a, uh, a self-centered religion. We're, we're, we're all family and what happens to one, right? One for one, one for all. That's it. We're, it's, uh, we're all part of one group over here. And therefore, just as I'm, I need to try to put my life together, I have to try to help others put their lives together. But this is what he's going to talk about. Very interesting idea. You see how he, he was thinking ahead of his times. And he says, we have to use everything at our means to try to impress upon the good, how a person should live a good life. Baruch HaTzadikim Yishmael should keep the ways of Tzadikim. B'yim Shech Yodo Me'asos Koran to refrain from doing things which are harmful, like it says in the Gemara Baba Basra. Kofan the community has the responsibility and the option to force someone to give tzedakah. If you're a member of the community, then you are obligated to, the, to, 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 to maintain the, uh, the understandings of the community. And one of them is, is that the heads of the community can force people to donate to what they understand to be charitable needs. And each one pays according to their means. Like he says very clearly over here, this is the mitzvah of what we call tochacha, rebuking someone, giving someone clear advice. Now there's a very, we, we translate the word tochacha to, to rebuke someone, but it's very, Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz was Rosh Hashiv in the Mir, he points out that the word tochacha comes from the word to prove something to someone. Mochiach means to prove something. We're not just looking to yell at someone. That's not the objective. Well, it was just to yell. The idea is to try to demonstrate to the person the veracity of what you're trying to point out to him so the person will want to do that. We're trying to show him how this is correct. And then there's a mitzvah over here also to try to point out if someone's doing something wrong. If you're capable of doing that. Like, Moshe told Yoshua, famous idea. Take a stick, and hit them on, the, on their heads. Like it says also in the Gemara Ksubis, it says, one should try to throw a certain fear into the Talmidim. There are many, many situations that Peleyoi points out. Listen to this idea over here. The Gemara, according to the way the Gemara understands it. Chiyuva Ramya, there's a responsibility, an obligation, even he's saying lahakos, to, uh, to apply bodily, rep, you know, reprimanding. Bishotim with a stick. Beligor Benazifan, to speak very sharply. In order to keep people in line. Now listen to what he says, though. Very fascinating, very farsighted. Avalani Omer, the Peleyoid says, but I say, just like the Gemara brings down in a number of cases, uh, remedies, you know, what we call homeopathic remedies. The Gemara had Gemara's pages in certain mesectas about remedies for certain illnesses. 
and uh, it's brought Tosis brings down and the Marsha brings down and the Gemara's over there that those refuas are no longer applicable. And if someone would follow the advice of the Gemara, they might be killing themselves even. And I'd like to follow the, uh, the medicinal advice of the Gemara because the Gemara says it says Nishtano Ateva, that people's natures have changed. How that is, I don't know. But what worked as medicine back then does not work necessarily today. And on the contrary, like I say, Tosas points out certain things that were considered good are, are very uh, poisonous today. And vice versa. And vice versa. Like, for example, the Gemara back in the day, they didn't, oh, one of the famous ones is that, um, you know, washing my machronim. So Tos points out, uh, again, Tosas mentions that the necessity is not so not so stringent now because they had back then they had a certain type of assault which would which would blind the persons. We don't have that anymore. Or other things, leaving water out in the open, the Gemara brings down that you can't do that and you can't drink from it. Tosa says that that's not such a, an issue today. So we see that there, there are certain Gemaras that you that you say times have changed, but you have to know when and who. And now that's Tosus. It's not for anybody just to uh, go around saying that. But anyway, uh, he points out over here that there are certain Gemaras which, which the Gemara brings down, which are, like we say, homeopathic medicines. And he says, just like when it comes to medicine, Nishtano Hadoros, the generations have changed, and so to our natures have changed, and therefore the medicines have changed. That which was considered, like we say, medicine back then, which today would be considered, you know, malpractice. Those medicines which were beneficial back in the day, today they don't work. And sometimes even the opposite. So this is what he says over here. He says, He says, the same thing applies to when it comes to healing the soul. He says, Nishtano hadoros, the generations have changed. And in our world, he's talking about the, the early 1800s even, saying the chutzpah, that there's such a brazenness in the world, such a rebelliousness in the world. Coming down with a tough hand is not the way to deal with the situation. And, and doing that will make the person even more and more recalcitrant. So if you if you're going to do it that way, that's good, that is a um, that's a that's a it's a way to get the person to rebel in the country. That's a prescription for rebelliousness. Ali says, "What's the way to do it?" it says, If you want to impress somebody, you have to talk nicely to people. That's that's the first thing you have to be. You have to talk. When we see when as a very um, uh, when Yaakov. Came, uh, came to Lovin's community and he wanted to point out something to, uh, to the shepherds. He saw that the shepherds were not, were, not, were not flocking their sheep. They were just lying down, whatever. So the first word he used, he said, was Achai, my brothers. In other words, when he introduced himself, he called himself Achai, you're my brothers. Achi, Achi, Achi Atai, you're my brother. And once you do that, so then the person's open to hearing you. You're just going to come out and start yelling at somebody saying he's going to turn a deaf ear to you. But if you start out and you say, you're Achiata, you're my brother, so then that's a whole different uh, relationship. Elabedvarim told me, I have to talk nicely to somebody. I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I heard this years and years and years ago. It was such a, you know, 
such an intelligent idea. But um, he was talking, the person was discussing, said, let's say, he was talking about tefillin specifically. He said, um, if you're trying to impress upon somebody the, uh, the importance of putting on tefillin, let's say the person hasn't done it. He said, if, if you're just going to talk about tefillin, he said, that person's going to turn a deaf ear to you. He said, because all you're in, he, he understands that all you're interested in is that I should put on tefillin. But I'm not interested in putting on tefillin. So the only way you'll be able to make an impression on somebody is if that person feels that you care about me. If you're interested in me, and then, and then you feel that if I would put on tefillin, that will be helpful to me, then, I'm, then the person will be much, much more receptive. But if he just gets the impression that all you want him to do is to keep Shabbos, or to keep kosher, or to uh, put on tefillin, or tzitzis, or daven, whatever it is, then you're not really interested in me. You're just interested in getting me to daven. But what is that? You know, I'm not. What, what will impress somebody is if he sees that you really care about me. If you care about me, and then you feel what will be so helpful to me will be the davening, the tefillin, the, the Shabbos, the kosher, and all that, then the person will be much, much more open to want to hear those suggestions. But first you have to develop a relationship with the person and to see that the person has to sense that you care about him and not about that he should do the mitzvahs. That's not the way to go about it, is that he should sense that you're interested in him as a person. And then once, you see, once he sees that, then he'll be much more open to your uh, recommendations. So that's what he's telling us over. You can talk to them, but Dvarim told him, you say nice things to the person. Rock him soft, took him sweet. So then, if that's the way you'll speak to the person, then the person's open to hearing you. He's not going to, uh, you know, turn a deaf ear. Uh, you know, again, like I, I once heard from uh, someone, Rav Simcha Wasim and Zechon who was Rav Chana Wasim and son, he was speaking, he says, again, similar idea. What's, the, what's, a, what's a positive way to, uh, to you know, to get somebody to want to be receptive. He says, you know, the, the, he's, the metaphor he gave was, he said there was a competition between the wind and the sun, how to get this person to take off his coat. So the wind starts blowing and blowing and blowing and the person on the contrary, he's holding onto his coat tighter and tighter and tighter as the wind keeps blowing. But the sun, as it gets warmer and warmer and warmer, he keeps loosening it up and then he finally takes it off. So that was the metaphor. And as we're going to keep, you know, yelling at somebody and just keep, you know, yelling and yelling and yelling, the person is going to get tighter and tighter. He's going to hold on to himself. He's going to become much, much less interested in what you have to say. But if you're warm to the person, then the person will start letting down his barriers and his defense mechanisms. And he'll be much more open. He'll be much more open to what you have to uh, want to offer him. And he won't be so, uh, won't put up those barriers anymore. So, you talk nicely to him, things like that. Ulai, then he'll listen to you. Because soft speech can break can break hard stuff. And this will take away from him his enmity. You'll save away his enmity from And then you'll be able to save somebody. And that, that'll be the way. So th this is this piece over here that I wanted to uh, discuss with you, Kofa. I think it was a very, very fascinating piece. And um, that's that. Uh, yeah. Uh, two other things I wanted to discuss, unless there are any questions in the meantime. No, we're good? Okay. So then let me just mention this piece on the parsha a little bit. 
and then if we have time, we'll go back to this other piece. So uh, you boys are in Chutzlaris, they're still learning Shlach. Um, and what, what the Meshachachma over here is trying to give us an insight into is to get some sort of an understanding what were the Jewish people thinking and not, and not trusting that Hashem would be able to take them into Eretz Yisrael. Well, what's going on over here after all they saw and experienced? Well, what's going on? So he quotes over it and he says like this. He says, This is an approach that the Meshachach has throughout all of Chumash. It's a very interesting idea I wanted to share with you. So it says that Kalev quieted the people towards Moshe. And he said, We can certainly go up. We shouldn't be uh, frightened by the by these reports of what of those who are inhabiting Eretz Yisrael. We can definitely go up. That's what Kalev told the Jewish people. So here's how we. This is what he says. His Indian, He says, "What's the idea? What's the background?" He says, The Jewish people were terrified. Why were they terrified? If we remember in last week's parsha in Parshas Baaloscha, there were. Uh, Moshe asked for assistance to help him lead the Jewish people. So Hashem told him to choose 70 elders. And uh, the problem is always that uh, how are you going to find 70? Because there are 12 tribes. And that means 10 of them will pick six representatives. And two of them will only pick five. So, uh, you know, who's going to volunteer to only have five representatives? Not going to happen. So what happened was, is that Moshe put up 72 lots. 70 of them had them, you know, a check on them, and two of them were blanks. So what happened was, there were two members over there, Eldad and Medad, the Medrash brings down, the Chumash tells us, uh, is that they were really picked. But because of their humility, they stayed out. They, they acted as if they were not the ones that were chosen to be from the 70 members. And therefore, they stayed out. But the Chumash tells us that they were prophesizing. They said prophecy. And what was their prophecy? The Chumash doesn't tell us what their prophecy was. But he, he brings that over here and it says again, so the people were, were terrified. Why? Like the Chumash tells us over there, Eldad and Meida were prophesizing. And the Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin, what was the prophecy of Eldad and Medad? They said, Moshe Mace, Moshe is going to die. But Yehoshua Machnes La'oret, it's Yehoshua is going to be taking us into Eretz Yisrael. That was the prophecy. Pharaoh, so they saw now what? And, and the Jews saw when Eldad and Medad said that, Pharaoh keep Moshe lo Moshe didn't protest. He didn't make any decrees against them. Moshe seemed to accept what they said. He accepted what they said as the truth. So that means the Jewish people are living now with an understanding that Moshe is not the one who's going to take them into Eretz Israel. <coughs> being Cain, that being the case, the Meshach continues. To go into a country the way the Maraglim were describing it, so fortified, and, and inhabited by people who are so gigantic, and to do battle with Amalek again, where they already had an, a, 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 a debacle with them, and to fight with the giants without Moshe, 
they, they came to the decision, the conclusion that what we'll all die. There's no way we could do it. Without Moshe, we cannot go. That was the mindset of the Jewish people. If we don't have Moshe as our leader, we cannot, we won't be successful. Well, therefore, what happened? Hishti Kolev stepped forward and he quieted the nation. And he said like this, Kolev said to the Jewish people like this, you, you Jews, we the Jewish, you the Jewish people, you are connecting all the miracles that we've been experiencing now throughout our stay here in the Midbar, the Torah, the Mon, the Be'er, the, everything that we're getting over here, you're, 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 you're connecting it to who? You're connecting it to Moshe. You're making the whole religion Moshe. And he said, Adarabah, Kalev told, no, it's the opposite. You're making a mistake. The greatness of Moshe is only a reflection of the Jewish people. Well, he told him, because we see when the Jewish people, after the Miraglin, are going to be, are being unaccepted in the Midbar. They're living out their lives, but they've been, they're not going in. Moshe's status is only a reflection of the Jewish people, just like we see by Harsinai. When the Jews did the eagle, what did Hashem tell Moshe? Leichred, you have to go down. If the Jewish people are down, if they're doing the uh, eagle, you have to go down also. Your greatness is only because of the, your reflection of the Jewish people, Moshe. Your level of nevuah, just like the Gemara brings down by Hillel, that Hillel was worthy of nevuah on an, an enormous level. But the Gemara said the generation wasn't on that level. So if the generation isn't on that level, then Hillel is not going to be given that gift. So Kalev is pointing out to the Jewish people that the greatness of Moshe is merely a reflection of the greatness of the Jewish people. And therefore, uh, Kalev was telling the Jews, we can do it on our own. Without Moshe, we're not dependent on Moshe. It's not Moshe who's bringing down the miraculous conduct of Hashem. That's not what's bringing Hashem to, to lead us on such a miraculous level. It's we, the Jewish people, but it's on our own. That's what's giving us this opportunity for Hashgocha of Hashem watching over us. We can do it. That's why I said, that's why it meant when it said, Kalev quieted the people. What do you mean he quieted them? When Towards Moshe, it said, he wanted to take the Jewish people that they're attributing everything to Moshe. And he wants to say, no, it's not Moshe. We're not a religion of Moshe. It's, it's a religion of Hashem and Hashem's relationship to us. Don't say like that. It's not the, the, the victory and the miracles are not dependent on Moshe. We can do it. And that's what Yeshua said. Prove it to you. That Hashem is with you. It's all a reflection of Hashem. It's not Moshe. It's Hashem who's living with us, and, and Moshe is dead already. It's not Moshe, it's going to be Hashem. This is the idea over here. That can change. They made a mistake. They thought that Moshe was the main catalyst. In other words, we have a very important idea over here. This is a fascinating idea. Um, 
the idea is, is that Navua can change. Navua can change. In other words, it's something, so it said over Moshe would die. So what the, what the Meshachach was pointing out over, he says, a Debo which is not said as a messenger from Hashem, it could have changed. It didn't have to be that way. It didn't have to be that way. Avalkib, but the Jews made a mistake. This is what he says. This is his idea that he brings out all of Chumash. Avalkib and Shehema told this was a mistake the Jewish people made. Shemosho Ha'ika, that they thought that Moshe is the catalyst for everything. And listen to what he says over here. Vim Yavo Dor Nolad, if another generation will come in, in other words, the generation that left from Egypt, they knew Moshe was born. They grew up with Moshe. They saw Moshe as a young boy. This generation that's going to go into Eretz Yisrael now is a new generation. They just experienced Moshe as the one who brought down Torah from Shemayim. He's the one that Hashem speaks to. Moshe Rabbeinu is a walking malach. Moshe Rabbeinu is, is like a god in their eyes. And this was what Hashem, Moshe can change, Moshe has total control of everything. And Hashem was afraid that what the, the Jewish people would make a mistake. And therefore, Moshe has to, Moshe is not allowed to take the Jews. And that's why Moshe couldn't take the Jews into Eretz Yisrael because of this mistake. If you're going to attribute everything to Moshe and not to Hashem, so then that would be a, a, a t- terrible, terrible mistake. And this is what Kalev tried to bring into the Jews, not to make that mistake. And this is, uh, this is the idea that, uh, that Kalev was trying to do, but the, the Jews did not uh, accept that. And um, that's why the older generation could not go into Eretz Israel, And that's why ultimately Moshe wasn't able to take them into Eretz Israel, And that's why Moshe's grave is never known. No one knows where Moshe is buried because there was a, a concern that uh, they would make an idol out of it. This is how the Meshachachma learns. It was a fear that, uh, that's why Moshe always tells them, if you look throughout the Chumash, Moshe tells them, it's because of you I can't go into Eretz Israel. Does anybody hear this? Because it seems that we froze. I hear you, David. I hear you, David. Okay. Uh, uh, Sternberg left. He's going to try to come back or it's done. I'm not sure. Could be he was getting a phone call or something. All right, it looks like we're done, guys. Have a great day.
Yeah, it looks like uh, everyone just left.